Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to another Ken 7 podcast. Uh, joining me today is the lovely Scott Elliott. Scott, how are you doing, mate? Very good, Ken. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad before we get anywhere. Um, quick update on Harvey. How's he going? Yeah, he's going very well. Um, working very hard as usual. I've heard that. Uh, I've heard that he's working away. really hard. Yeah, the, the the club are very very pleased with um, the amount of work that he's put in and stuff. He must be desperate to get back. Yeah, he's very keen, but it's about taking your time and getting it right. Like Jurgen yeah. says, just uh, no point rushing back a couple of weeks if you can have a little setback. Is there? Exactly, exactly, and I think that's good advice. So um, I've got you. We've uh, we've had a lot of games recently. Um, we've got a lot of games coming up, and we're going to have a general chat about sort of what all things Liverpool. We'll we'll start on the Tottenham game, um, even though it was a few days ago. Um, incredible spectacle! If you were a, a neutral, I'm sure it was fantastic to watch. I must admit, I watched the last ten minutes with by from behind the sofa. I think. Um, so, I mean, what, what what did you think of the game? We'll discuss some of the, the elements of the game uh, in due course, but what did you think overall of the game? Uh, well, like you say, for a spectacle, it was, prob- it was probably good to watch. As a Liverpool fan, it was edgy. Um, Spurs had a few chances, didn't they? Yeah. You know, Alisson, that save from Deli Alley. Just, wow, what a save. Mm. Um, just top class. But they did have a few chances, to be fair, but decisions change the game, don't they? Yes, major uh, decisions and that's cost us very I'm sure you're alluding to um, the refereeing p- performance of Mr Tierney um, do you know what let's just get straight into that actually so there's, there's I mean his overall performance wasn't good but he gets two massive decisions wrong I mean what did you think of the first of all the penalty decision 100% a penalty you look back here at the time if I'm honest I was watching it and I thought Jota should have got a shot away. Once I watched it back, 100% penalty, just ridiculous. I mean, if you look at some of the penalties that have gone this year and been given, much softer than that. Just a crazy decision. And for VAR, the thing that's frustrating is that VAR are not looking at it. If the ref doesn't think that's a penalty in real time, which is fine because the game's so fast, why are VAR not looking at it going, you need to have a look, we think that's a penalty. And there was... It's just crazy. Well, my, my issue with VAR at the moment is that I think referees are leaving stuff to VAR uh, almost. They're, they're, they're sort of, well, I won't give that. And then if it is VAR, I'll give it. The problem is it seems to me that VAR doesn't want to overrule the referee in certain instances, that depending perhaps even on their personal relationship with the referee. So you've then got a problem where no decision's getting made or the correct decision isn't getting made. Um, I mean, moving on as well to the Harry Kane tackle, it, it's 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 X-rated. And for, for Peter Walton to come out or Mike Riley to come out afterwards and say, well, um, because his foot wasn't planted, we didn't think it was a red card. 
well, what do you want us? Do you want his leg broken before you give a red card? Is that? I mean, how how do you even get your head around from someone who's who's been influenced? Obviously, Harvey had that bad injury at the beginning of the year. You know how, that that must make your blood boil. Really, it makes me angry to think about. They would say his foot foot wasn't planted, so it wasn't a red card. Yeah, it's a um, scandalous decision, really. I mean, personally, I think it's come out. Jamie Redknapp mentioned it. Danny Murphy's mentioned it now. And uh, it's just England captaincy favourism. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, no way. You you look at the tackle on Harvey, and it was just unfortunate. You know, yeah. a bit of, he's won the ball. Pascal's won the ball, and his follow-through leg has landed on Harvey at the wrong second. And then... That's caused the issue. That tackle from Kane is ten times worse. That's a leg breaker in yeah. anyone's book. And for yeah. VAR not to say that is a red is just absolutely scandalous. And and the VAR thing for me, I don't understand it because if I'm a ref and I'm refereeing a big game, that VAR for me is my backup. So I give whatever I see, right or wrong, and that's all you can do because it's such a fast game now. But you just want VAR to help you and go. Do you know what, Scott? I think you've got that wrong. You might need to have a look at that. Yeah, and that's well, as simple as that. Well, Let the ref, ref the game. Even, uh, but no, even, no one's got the balls in VAR to give it. No, that's the thing. You're not even asking VAR to make the decision. You're just asking them to say, listen, go and have a look at that. And they did it with the Robertson one, so why not with the Kane one? And the, the, the mad yeah. thing is, and I don't know whether you agree with me, I'm I'm kind of on board with VAR, and, and, and I'm probably in the minority, but I think... We're getting more things right than wrong. We're still getting, because there's a human element, we're still getting some things wrong, obviously, but there is a human element. But I think, strangely enough, I think VAR in, in large has been quite good up until about three or four weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, and I'm not sure what's changed. Uh, maybe it's just the, the pressure of the amount of games or, or, or I the cold. I, I haven't got a clue. I can try to figure out. But I've, I, I, we weren't having VAR chats as much as we have been in the last few weeks. I mean, what, what do you think? Um, well, if you, if you look at history of football, even before, before VAR, every season at the start of the season, the rest would just let things go, wouldn't they? And it would just be exceptional, fast-flying football, they'd let challenges go. And it, it would just be great for six weeks, and then it would just die down. And with the VAR, again, when it when it came in, I don't think anyone was really keen on it. Because when, when we're talking on a Monday and we're having a bit of banter with our friends and that, it's very much a case of, look, you might have had a goal given that was offside, but they're going to give you a load of stick over it. So there's always a talking point, even though it's the wrong decision, keeps you going. VAR, for me, should be coming in to correct them decisions, which mm. it is mostly. But again, for me, it's very simple. You just get whoever's on VAR, let me referee it. If I've made a mistake, pull me on it. You're there to help me. But I think some of the refs are so arrogant that they don't, and, and, and so probably powy with that team, that it's like they haven't got the bollocks to just say, look, you've got that wrong, go and have a look. It's simple. Yeah, yeah. Go and have a look. And you just go, yeah, I've got that wrong, let's crack on. And you'll get a lot more respect for referees. And the other thing that infuriates me is, like, just, just going to, like, post-match interviews. You pull someone for an interview in the heat in a moment, have their opinion. Whether you like that or not, if you're asking them questions, like these journalists are, have their opinion, but accept that. 
don't feel the FA can find someone just for giving your opinion. Yeah. Don't ask it if you don't want it. Yeah. No, I get that completely. So, and the, the, and, we, and we, we all want to see that, don't we? The lack of transparency with the rest referees. You know, I, we live in a world which is very media-driven at the you know nowadays, and I wonder why why the referees aren't um, required to 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 explain them not explain themselves. That sounds like there's a witch hunt. It's not. All I'm saying is why you know if there's a conscience if there's a contentious decision, why isn't the referee obligated to come out and say this? It's all hearsay, and you hear it through back channels. And there's an ex-referee who goes, "Well, he probably would. He was probably thinking this." But let's, you know, let's have the referees come out. And I mean, I, I personally would like to hear what they're talking about. So they do that in rugby, don't they? Where you can hear the audio of the conversation. I'd, I'd like that. I mean, I don't know whether that's completely unreasonable, but I don't see what they've got to hide if they're being utterly professional. And you know, I, why why not have have the audio recorded? Let's let's get off the um. um get off the contentious decisions and let's get into some more positive stuff. I thought Liverpool at times with that game were breathtaking. Uh, some of the football was relentless. We were suffocating them at times. Um, you know, what was your thoughts? Yeah. Again, I thought we actually played the better football. Spurs hit us on the break a lot, didn't they? Mm. Um, which is fine. That's how they play. <clears throat> they had five at the back all the time which is, again, how Conte plays, which is fine. Um, I mean, overall, I think we played the better football, but Spurs had the better chances. Mm. Yeah. You I know, mean, in the game. I think, I, think, I think we had better chances than you actually remember. I, there was a lot of chances that I'd forgotten about, and then when I watched it back, you know, it was... Uh, yeah, Trent had a, a couple. There were some great saves, wasn't there, from uh, Lloris? Um, and I, I just thought, I thought generally we we knocked yeah. it about well, and we we you know we we run them ragged at times. But you're right, the the whole the way he played, there's a certain way of cheating against Liverpool. And when I say cheating, you it, that's something that you get from Neil Atkinson from the uh, the Anfield rap. You know, basically bypass your midfield and just go direct. And if you've got two quick lads, like see what you can get two two against two against our, our centre-backs. Uh, I thought our centre-backs dealt with it in the main quite well, but there was, you know, Son and Kane are very, very good players, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Listen, you're always going to miss Virgil. I mean, I don't think that first goal happens with Virgil there. No. Um, I just think he sweeps that channel up nicely. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's just experienced. But Canata, again, I thought was outstanding. Yeah. I, I, I love him. I think he's going to be one hell of a footballer. Yeah. I just, what an acquisition. He's, he's just top, top draw. You know, Robbo had a great game. Like you say, Trent, great save from Loris. Anywhere but straight at him and it's in, isn't it? Mm, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, I mean, you've been watching Liverpool for a long time. You'll have seen the, the teams of the 80s, I would think. Um, how does Trent and Robertson, uh, compared to the likes of Neil and Kennedy. Um, because we we had flying ball back, uh, fullbacks when, you know, in the 80s during those celebrated teams that won everything. Are they different? Are they the same? Is it is it a reincarnation? What 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 would you be be your thoughts on that? It's 
good question, really. I mean, I remember Stevie Nicol really well. He used to get forward. Do you remember the hat trick against exactly, Newcastle? Yeah. yeah, I do remember yeah, that. Really, yeah. really good, really good. Um, I don't know. I think these are different. I mean, both from both from a top class, aren't they? The way to go forward, the, the energy levels. But I mean, Trent, you can't argue that he's the best right back in the world. Mm. You know how Southgate doesn't pick him. I, I, I mean, probably because he's a defender and he's a bit negative, isn't he, with a selection? You know, to holding midfielders constantly, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Trent's just got to be in your team. Mm. You know, goals win football matches, and and Trent continues to just score, assist, create chance after chance every game. It's just never seen nothing like it. Even when you look back at your Carlos and your Cafus. He's, he's blowing him out of the war, isn't he? He's 20, 23 just. I mean, I, I absolutely love him. It's, it's just privileged to watch him, really. I, think I, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and they had this debate and um, the, the, the idea was that they redefined, Cafu and Carlos sort of redefined the fullback role. Although I think it was Gary Neville, actually, Gary Neville's podcast, and he was saying that the Cafu and Carlos redefined that role. They made it where by fullbacks were much more of an attacking weapon to use, uh, and that was their primary function rather than being a defender first and, and having a bit of a t- attacking prowess. Which I think he was making the, the comparison. He even mentioned the Liverpool teams of the past because Neil and Kennedy. I mean, Neil Phil Neil used to take our, our penalties, didn't he? Phil Kennedy, um, Alan Kennedy scored goals in the European Cup finals. So is that vastly different to what we've got now? I mean, I, I think Trent, what we've got with Trent is a midfielder playing at right back. And if you had to replace Trent, if Trent was out for any length of time, Nico Williams look like, looks like he's doing really, really well, but he looks very much to me like a, a, a right back who, who has a bit of attacking prowess. If you're going to replace Trent, you need to put a midfielder in there. Almost, almost someone of the ilk of like Steven Gerrard. <laughs> you know, his passing range, the way he can boss a game from fullback is absolutely astonishing. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen anyone run a game from fullback before. No, it's just, uh, you know, I'm not sure that he would run a game from midfield like he does from fullback. That's an interesting he, debate, isn't it? He, he just gets forward. We're thinking about probably Trent and Robbo probably touch the ball more than any other players on the park. Yeah. And it's just that quality, you know, he can play short, he can play quick, he can play long, he can strike a ball. I mean, that goal last week against Newcastle, I mean, that was like the Gerrard one. Do you remember the Gerrard from the short free kick at yeah. St. James's? Yeah. I mean, he, he just strikes the ball so clean, doesn't he? And, mm. you know, yeah, he, he's just unbelievable. And to think he's 23, we've got 10 years of him. I mean, That's, it's scary. He seems to be around forever, doesn't he? Yeah, it's just... Uh, and yeah, he, hit, no. he hit that shot with his left foot as well in that game and Loris made a save to his left, didn't he? I mean, he hit that. There was no straight leg there. That was no. pure technique. It looked like he was a left-footed player. He, his technique was that good. So it's yeah. absolutely outstanding. I don't think Robertson gets talked about as much, um, but Robbo's got some fabulous attributes. He's such an athlete. He's so quick. He's aggressive. And he can pass. And he can, and he can cross. I mean, it's the full package, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and you've got it. That's the that's the thing about it. when you look at teams over the years. Sometimes they'd have a strong right back or or a strong left back. We've got both. Mm. 
And when you see them diagonal passes, you know, all the game gets drift over to the right and Trent will switch 40 yards from right to left. And Robbo's bursting down with Sadio. And it's just like, you know, teams cannot cope. You know, you remember that goal, um, Manchester City, when Mo headed it in, when the ball went from Trent from the right to the left to Robbo, he's crossed it for Mo to head in at Anfield. And you, and you just, yeah. it's hard for team. It's hard for teams to deal with that overload because you just don't know what way it's going. Yeah, completely. I mean, I, I seem, I don't know what was said at the beginning of the season, but um, when the season started and Harvey was playing in that right eight role, he seemed to love that triumvirate of Salah and Harvey and um, and Trent, you know, the the interchange and, and, and the fact that, I mean, it looked like Salah and Trent were just quite happy to give Harvey the ball because they knew he'd hold on to it and he wasn't going to lose it. I mean, was that, was that something that they worked on in the summer? Um, yeah, they, pro- they probably worked on it a little bit. I think I think sometimes you can't explain it, but things just click, don't they? Right, things things just feel right, and it just it just worked, didn't it? The three of them, the way they were dropping out wide, dropping in, you know, when they were saying there was, I was reading comments online and stuff like that, and they were saying like, "Oh, Mo and uh, Harvey are too wide," but again, you look, look at a goal where it got played out from Virgil to Harvey into Trent into Sadio, you know. So when they were dropping out wide, you're just dragging fullbacks out out yeah. of the way, and Trent's coming more central, which is leaving him a one on one. That's the thing. You, the, the, Harvey and Mo are moving out wide, but that leaves space for Trenton to move into. And then you've got this yeah. beautiful, amazing footballer in a central position. Yeah, it, it just all works. But like you say, it looked like it clicked from the off. And yeah. they will have seen that in training. That's absolutely fascinating. Um, we're playing Leicester tonight in the Carling Cup. Um, Carling you know, Cup or Carabao Cup? Oh, Carabao Cup, isn't it? Yeah, Showing sure. your age, mate. Showing the your Milk age. Cup. <laughs> The Worthington's Cup. <laughs> um, what well, I'm going to ask you: What would you, what do you what would you do with the team selection, and what do you think they'll do with the team selection? It's two different things. <laughs> uh, what would I do? I mean, you give players games. You know, um, you go very much the kids though, or a mix. Well, you, you say the kids. You know, if if Tacky's playing, if Div's playing. Yeah, the last last round we played, we had a little bit of a mixture, didn't we? But it was yeah. good enough to win. And mm-hmm. I think that team will be good enough to win. You know, Nico playing. Um, I'd certainly rest Matty and, and go with um, Canate and Joe. Mm, yeah. Um, just to give Ibu another game, you know, to, to adjust still. Joe, Joe could do with a game. Um, and I think, you know, I would, I would go with that. And maybe, you know, Alex could start potentially in the midfield. So you've got a strong enough side that will beat Leicester. Now, Leicester have got a big fixture list coming up. Mm. They might not come full strength. Mm. And if they don't, we, we'll be good enough to beat them. Yeah. And then, you, then you're looking at the semi-finals and people say what they like about the Carabao Cup. For me, it's a trophy. It, yeah, puts yeah. Us another, it puts us another major trophy ahead of Manchester United. Mm. Gives us a trip to Wembley. I think on the day, if we got to the final, we all want to win it, don't we? Yeah. And there's no reason why we can't win this competition. No, I agree. I, I, I agree. I mean, it's um, it, it's a similar thing to when... I mean, we're, we're way away from that at the moment. But back in the day when we used to go into the Europa League and people were like, I don't want to be in that Europa League. But it was always another major trophy to win. 
yeah. you know, and very prestigious. And we've had some good times in that competition. So I don't see why the Carabao Cup should be really any different. Like you say, it's another trophy and, and a day out at Wembley. And, you know, yeah. who doesn't like a day out at Wembley? And I'm sure you, you'll be there with the boys. Um, yeah. So uh, with that in mind, obviously you, you've given me your thoughts, but what do you think he'll do? Do you think that's what he'll go for? He'll go for a mix, a mishmash? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure really. But we got Leeds in on Sunday, haven't we? At lunchtime, and then and then Leicester again yeah, two days later. Yeah, Leicester's uh, Leeds is our priority. Leicester away. That's yeah. Leicester's get six so points. Something's got to give. It must be this game. You would think. I think so. Yeah, but I, st- I still think it's it's different than years gone by when our not reserve side, but our backup squad, if you like, has not been good enough in years gone by. Now, I think our squad is. We've got so many good young players coming through. You know, the you know, Divock's hit a bit of form lately. You know, we, we've, got, we've got a good team. If you put that so-called reserve team out, it's a decent side. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I can, think it's capable you, of beating. Can you stuff. see a, a Cade Gordon perhaps starting to, tonight? Um, I'm not sure. Potentially. Maybe on the bench. Maybe mm. on the bench. Um, coming off the bench, getting a run out. Um, but it's opportunities depends how the game goes, doesn't it? I suppose maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, yeah. Whatever Jurgen does, we we have to trust that. Win, lose, or draw, we have to trust that and just support it. He's a great one for the data, isn't he? So he he will be working with the sports scientists and he'll he'll figure out a plan which maximizes what he can get out of the players, but protects them. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard one, is it? Do you go with someone like Simicast tonight, knowing that? He's got to play the next two games. Yeah. So, but Nico's done really well for Wales. At, yeah, you got he's Owen. Been, he's been great the last few games, Nico. I think he's really, yeah. he's really showed his p- potential. I think. Yeah, but them last two games for Wales, he's played left back and done really, really well, hasn't he? Mm. But you can put Nico at right back and bring Owen Beck in. Mm. Yeah. You know, who hasn't done nothing wrong? Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's a terrific, terrific squad and terrific, terrific youngsters coming through at the club. It's exciting. No, that's good. Very Just um, before I let you go, what's we might as well? It's Christmas and all that. What What's your thoughts on the season so far? Just like sum up what you think, how it's gone. Has it gone better than expected? Um, yeah, I think I think it's gone well. Look, we can all look back and go, "Oh, we dropped points here, we dropped points there, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Man City. <sighs> I know people don't want to talk about it and they can say about Pep's, Pep's football and it's great. You can't argue they play wonderful football. They're a joy to watch at times. It's a bottomless pit of money that we're up against and whether people like it or not, that's the fact and that's the reality. And I know people try to hide behind it or haven't got you know, the balls to say anything. That's what it is, right? So Man City, for me, should be winning the Carabao Cup every year. They should be winning them because their reserves are much better than us. I, th- I think it's on great. We're three points behind City. So, you know, everyone says, look at the season, look at the league in January. Well, right now, we're three points behind City. We win our next two games. We're going into the Chelsea game, three points behind City. Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad, is it? It's not a bad position to be in. And, you know, it's not only the, the, the points total for me, though, Scott. It's the manner in which we've done it this season. We've we've got that blood and thunder back. You know, there seems to be a massive desire in that dressing room to achieve all they can achieve um, and it's, it's been a joy to watch it's been fun to watch 
great. Some of the football, like you say, it's, it's probably, it, it will be something, you know, the crowd are back, aren't they? You know, when, when you're playing at Anfield, you can't not give everything. Mm. You just can't because it's it, the atmosphere just drives you on. You want to give everything. And, I, you know, yeah, some of the football has just been absolutely amazing. And we're, we're privileged, really, when you think about it. You know, I, I think about the future, obviously, with Harvey. And I think, I'm not saying no one's not going to come in after Jürgen and not do well, but it scares me a little bit to think once Jürgen takes a step back, what's next? Because it's just been so good, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think we I think we all share that, that, that concern because he's such a big character and you wonder, and obviously there's, there's, there's debate, really there's two names, isn't there? There's Pep Linders and there's Steven Gerrard. And you don't want anything to change from what it's what we've got at the moment because it's been that good. So do you do you say, well, Pep knows how it's been and that will be a smoother transition and it'll carry on, but then has he got the personality to carry the job? It's um <clears throat> it's an interesting debate. Um and I don't know what the answer is, but I I, I really want them to get it right. But we don't have to think about it, do we? Yeah. We got we got two and a half years of <laughs> wonderful football, yeah. but we do have to, we do have to think about it a little bit, and we will start as it gets closer. I mean, Pep's absolutely top class, but and then if Stephen comes in, does he bring Gary Mack as his number two? You know, because managers like to bring their number two, and where does that leave Pep? You know, it's, it's it's a hard one, isn't it? He just took a whole team to Aston Villa. I mean, you're talking like, I, I, I want to say like 10 people he's took with him or maybe eight, yeah. seven, eight. It's a lot of people. I assume that's what he'd want to do again. So that feel, makes it feel like to me, like that'd be ripping up everything that Jürgen, Jürgen's done. You know, that whole infrastructure there. I don't know how they get around it. I think you give Pep the job for the year. Let Jürgen have a year off chilling out. And then bring him back on a new contract. I mean, it's a win-win, isn't it? <laughs> Nothing changes. Yeah. That's how it works. I'm going to have a word with him this afternoon, all right? See if we can arrange it. Go on sabbatical. Go on sabbatical for a year and then come back. Just get have a year and then pop back when you're ready, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I like the thought of that. Scott, it's been lovely to talk to you, mate. Um, thanks Thank very you. much for your time. I know you're uh, you're a busy man, and uh, I know you possibly might have had a hangover this morning, but you seem to have dealt with it really, really well. Yeah. But um, thanks very much. If you're watching this on uh, YouTube, don't forget hit the subscribe button so that you can see our future broadcast. Thanks very much, Scott. Thanks again, mate. Cheers. Merry Christmas. You too. Sports Social Podcast Network.